You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 278. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I am Amber and I have another fantastic interview for you today. And we are talking about the concept of carb phobia. And I know many of you out there may have at least a little bit of carb phobia. I don't think you could grow up in the 2000s and not have experienced the the low carb craze and this idea that carbs are bad and carbs are the things that are making you fat and that we just need to get rid of carbs. So I think it's very normal and natural for us to have at least a little bit of carb phobia. And for some of us, it's a lot of carb phobia. Uh, the number of women I I have that talk to me that say they you know don't eat bread and they avoid all fruits and things like that it's it's not a small amount and it's a very real thing that a lot of women need to work through and so I invited my friend Lesha onto the podcast and she's going to tell her story but she was a keto girl for a very long time. In fact, she built a brand and a business around keto. And then she woke up one day and realized that it wasn't working for her anymore. And again, she'll tell her entire story on the podcast interview, but short story is it didn't work for her anymore. And she needed to do something different and realized that she needed to start introducing carbs back into her diet, which is a scary thing when you haven't eaten carbs for a long time. And so during this episode, she's going to share her story. She's going to share that transition of how she kind of made peace with carbs, what that looked like for her and how she started to add those back into her diet and how she utilizes carb cycling to make that transition from away from keto and into adding more carbs into her diet. So if you have ever done keto before, if you have even a little bit of carb phobia, or if you just want to hear a really interesting story about utilizing different tools at different stages and phases of, of your life, this is a fantastic episode to listen to. So let's jump into the interview. All right. I am super excited to introduce you to Lesha. We are going to have a fantastic conversation about something that I think is so prevalent, both in my audience and in her audience. And that is carb phobia, carb cycling, a little about keto. So I'm really excited. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Like we were said, it was just deja vu. You were on mine. So make sure to listen to that. We talked all about macros. I'm excited to to share about keto and carb cycling on your podcast. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So give us a little background. Uh, who are you and what do you do? Yeah. My name is Lesha Holzaffel. I told Amber not to even think about pronouncing my last name because <laughs> she's not going to get it. But um, <laughs> I'm a women's clean keto and carb cycling nutritionist. Um, I run my own online business, been doing it for a few years now. First started off with clean keto based on my own journey, and then switched to carb cycling based on my own journey because that's how it all goes. And so now I kind of do a little bit of both. And I work with professional women, helping me fi- helping them find that balance of something that's sustainable that works for them and those in the realm of, of those types of ways of eating, so to speak. 
That's awesome. So I, I do want to dive into a little bit about your experience because like you said, it kind of informed how you are coaching clients and, and you've made some changes in the way that you approach and teach clients based off of your own you know, experience with your own body. So I kind of want to walk through that with people because I think it's really enlightening. I think some people will re- relate to the experience that you had. So let's kind of go back in time. And then I know that you started keto back in 2015. So can you just kind of share your experience? What prompted that? You know, how were you introduced to keto? What was your experience with that process? Yeah. So I discovered keto in 2015, um, coming from, so I went to school to be a dietitian. So I was just taught like, just to, to lose weight, you need to eat less and move more. That's all just cut your calories and then work out. And then that's it. That's all you need to do. And after I gained 50 pounds with my first pregnancy, I tried that approach and it just wasn't working. I was eating like 1200 calories a day plus breastfeeding and running five miles a day. So it's probably my metabolism was actually (laughs) probably destroyed. Yeah. (laughs) Completely the opposite of what I wanted. Like super just sleeping. Like we're not even here because it was like under eating. I was probably pretty much starving, but I didn't know it. So I just kept on cutting more and cutting more and nothing was really working for me. And um, I remember I had a friend that was, she kind of did back then it was more of like Atkins and then keto started getting really popular. So she would always go on these like diets where she would be do like a few months of of low carb Atkins type of eating and lose a lot of weight. She'd like look really, really good. And then she'd like slowly go back to like eating carbs. And she she just kept on doing it. But I remember when she would go on these low carb diets, she would, she said she had a lot of like energy. She felt really great. She lost a lot of weight. She looked amazing. I'm like, okay, like this goes against everything I was taught when I was studying to be a dietitian, but I'm so desperate to get this weight off and to get back into my pre-pregnancy close to just tell me what this is. Right. And I'm like, it can't just be eating. She would always like wrap. I'm not kidding. Amber, like she'd have deli deli meat and she'd wrap it in like cheese. And that's like, I swear, that's all I remember her eating just processed (laughs) cheese and deli meat, (laughs) but it was low carb. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. So I tried it and it worked. Like I, so kind of backstory, I think that, you know, I was never diagnosed with PCOS, but I always had the symptoms in irregular periods. So there's probably was some insulin resistance going on there. My sister, both of my sisters have it. So of course, keto is really great for that also. So I was like, okay, I lost weight. I had energy, you know, everything all was well in the world, but it was really hard to make it a sustainable lifestyle. So I did it and lost the weight. And then I slowly kind of crept back into my old habits, of course, because you can only handle so much deprivation and restriction. So much cheese and belly meat. (laughs) Yeah. And just, you know, life and you you miss all the things. And I got pregnant again. So I kind of slowly went back. I didn't gain all the weight, but then I got pregnant again with my second baby and gained 60 pounds. Could not do keto while I was pregnant. I actually just wanted carbs. That's all I wanted. And then I was like, okay. I know keto works, but how do I make this sustainable? How do I make it a lifestyle? So after my second daughter, I did. I figured out how to make it sustainable through this holistic clean keto approach. Lost the 60 pounds in eight months. All was well in the world, of course, until, yeah, right? Keto works until it doesn't. Until kind of 2019, I started experiencing a lot of issues, which I can get into here. But just I realized that long term, keto is not the best approach for women, And I had to, like, I was the keto girl. I was the clean keto girl. Right. Built my whole business around it. So I had to pivot. Pivot like I'm ever, right? That's what James (laughs) always tells us. You got to pivot. 
Yeah. And I want to talk about the business aspect. Uh, so we're, we're going to get there, but, um, you know, so uh, to walk me through kind of some of your, uh, just that, that decision-making point of, Hey, this thing that I've done worked, got me results. I love it. I love it so much. I built a business off of telling other people about it and it it's stopping working for my body. So specifically, what did that look like? What was kind of cluing you in that maybe this wasn't the best thing to continue for your body? And then how did you make that decision to, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was weird because I just didn't realize what was actually happening. I was very consumed with growing and starting an online business. And as you know, it's a lot of work, It's a lot of work, especially when you have kids. Right. And so when I started it, my kids were really young. They were still at home with me. I didn't realize how much chronic stress I was under. I had just kind of just been going day by day and I was doing keto. So keto is a stressor to your body. It's a good stress, but not long-term and not when you have other stressors going on. So I actually didn't notice any changes and symptoms until the weight gain. I was having all of the symptoms of adrenal burnout, high cortisol, you know, anxiety, depression, wired and tired, couldn't sleep, was waking up in the middle of the night, couldn't like stop my mind, like jittery, like all the symptoms. But really what got my attention was the weight gain. That's literally my body was (laughs) throwing all these red flags at me like, Lesha, we're struggling. (laughs) We're like high in survival, flight or flight here. And I did not pay attention until I started to see the scale creep up while doing clean keto, you know, tracking my macros, working out, checking all the boxes. But I started gaining weight. And at first it was like five pounds, 10 pounds was like creeping up, like end of 2019, starting 2020, just slowly crept up. And then it got to like 30, 40. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Okay. This isn't working. I just find it so um, honest and authentic that, again, I think so many women can relate to this, that your body was communicating to you in so many ways, right? So many symptoms that it's really easy to push down and and just be like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. The tiredness, the jitteriness, the like feeling like you're, you know, you don't have the energy to do things. Like all of those ways were ways that your body was communicating to you. And yet the one that finally gets our attention is the freaking scale <laughs> because the freaking that's, scale. The, that's the one that we pay attention to. And yes. I, I just find it completely mm-hmm. honest that, that I think a lot up. of people, yeah, yeah, it is a little messed up. Right. But I think so many of us would be the same way. It's like, that's, that's the symptom. That's like, Oh crap, mm-hmm. something's wrong. I got to right. take care of this. And it was also kind of like, because I'm in this space in the weight loss space, I was like, wait, I'm like starting to gain weight. My clients are losing weight. Right. And I'm gaining all the weight that they're losing. I was like, Whoa, that was a big thing to me. Cause I understood kind of like, okay, I'm running, I'm trying to do it's a startup and do the business thing and take care of the kids. Of course, I'm going to be stressed, but I didn't realize how, like how it was destroying my health on top of doing the keto, which was, was a stressor also to my body. That's so interesting. So let's bring in the, because this is not just like anybody who is just doing a diet and is like, okay, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm going to pivot. You had built a brand and a business around that. And that adds a whole nother layer of complexity and a whole nother layer of, of really being sure about the decision that you're making to go in a completely new direction. So how did you coach yourself through that decision-making process? Yeah. So it was actually really hard. I was actually really scared to to kind of admit that I was cycling carbs. I was actually cycling carbs probably a year before I actually started to share it. 
And there was, I got some backlash. I mean, my brand isn't that massive that, you know, I have such a mega audience of millions of millions. You're like, oh my God, you traitor. But I still got some backlash. My audience was like, they're confused. You're like, wait, you no longer believe in keto? You no longer promote keto? I'm like, no, I absolutely do. I absolutely love it. I think it's great temporarily. But this is what I'm finding. And I want to share it with you because I don't want this to happen to other women. So there's still like... I'm not, I'm doing both. I didn't completely give up keto and say that keto is bad or anything. It's just that I'm realizing like, look, we now have a little more research about long-term keto. We now know what it does with women's hormones and thyroid and cortisol and period stuff and all these other things and sustainability really. Mm -hmm. And so it was really hard for me because I felt like I was betraying like my brand, who I was, my identity, right? Keto was my identity. And I was like, shoot, like, what do I do? Do I just start over? Do I not share anything? And I just like, I'm like, I just have to get over it. I just have to, because what I was going through, I was like, I'm sure there's women out there that are going through the same thing. And as soon as I put it out there, I got so much response from those women, of course, you know how it is online. There's hate is going to hate, but then there's going to be people that are resonating. Attract it, right? Attract resonate, <laughs> right? And so yeah. the women, I started getting an influx. Oh my God, this is happening to me. Oh my God, I'm gaining weight after three years of keto. Oh my God, I'm feeling the same thing. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not alone. And so if I can figure out how to do this transition, then I can help women do the same. And I just had to get over it. But because I'm not like bashing keto, because I'm not completely giving it up. I'm just saying that I no longer believe and I used to preach this, but I feel like if you're not growing and changing, if you're saying the same thing to your, to your audience that you've said years ago, you're clearly not evolving and learning new things because life is about growth. Everything's about growth. Yeah. So we know new things, mm-hmm. we learn new things. And, and, and that's kind of the involvement of, of just human nature. And I just decided, I was like, I, I need to just get over it and just share it. And, and it is what it is. Like, this is just how it is now. Was part of you afraid that your business would come crumbling down? Cause I think that's a really common fear of people who have built a brand around something. Not necessarily because again, I, I, it wasn't that I was completely giving up keto and mm-hmm. that whole thing. I said, how do I add in now carb cycling with keto? So yeah. like I even kind of re- renamed it like clean keto carb cycling. We're like, it still has components of a ketogenic way of eating if you choose to do that route. But now we're incorporating carb cycling and I still have a keto program and everything. It's just that I kind of shifted where maybe now it's like 70, 30, maybe depending on, you know, it's like I have two different things now and you can do both. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I completely decided that's it. I'm no longer like keto is just out completely. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of that like, it's a good little combination, so yeah. to speak. For where are you at in your journey, right? Are sure. you like insulin resistant and have diabetes and need to reverse that? Oh yeah, clean keto will help you. Are you like, you know, having issues with your adrenals or you're performing and you're struggling at the gym, you should probably carb cycle. So it's kind of very, it's more individualized, I feel like now. Sure. And it almost sounds like it's like a phase by phase. It's like for a phase, keto really worked for you. And and for that phase, it was a great tool. And then you moved on and to another phase and needed another tool to be added. So it's, it doesn't discount the tool and the time period that it was effective or helpful, but it doesn't mean that that's the same tool that you're going to use for your entire life. And I think it's a really awesome way to find that balance of 
figuring out what's going to work for you and recognizing that that may change along the way and being willing to own that and share that with people. Because I think a lot of people have that experience of something that worked in the past doesn't necessarily work in the future and being nimble and willing to pivot can really help you move through that. So I want to know, as you started to make this transition away from keto, what was the hardest part about it for you? And is that a similar, is it a similar struggle that you see your clients deal with as they make the shift? Yeah. Carbophobia. (laughs) Say more. (laughs) Carbophobia. I never realized how much I feared carbs. It was actually sad and funny at the same time. So here's the thing. When you go on a keto diet and you cut most of your carbs, you lose a lot of weight because as you know, every gram of carb contains or every gram of glycogen contains one to three grams of water. So you're now eliminating all that glycogen from your body. You get this flush of water out, right? And so a lot of times people go on keto, they'll lose like up to 10 pounds in a week. Like, oh my God, I lost 10 pounds. And so like, this is it. This is the magic thing. And they they keep losing weight and eventually it slows down and stalls. You know, death, death taxes and weight loss stalls are the guarantee in life. But you associate now, because of course, we're all so obsessed with the scale, you associate this thing, this way of eating, keto, this tool, help the, my scale go down this much, which means in my head, carbs equal fat, right? Lots of weight. No carbs equals weight loss, lots of weight loss. And so once you make that association in your brain, and then of course, anytime you do go back to eating carbs, which, you know, are never like nobody ever binges on sweet potatoes. It's always like the donuts and the pizza. Of course, you retain a lot of water. You gain a lot of water weight. You feel like crap. So like, here we go. This is exactly it. I, I knew it. my you point. <laughs> You're proving to yourself that it's the carbs. Okay. So this went on for years, six years for me. And I associated in my mind that carbs make me fat. Carbs are the enemy. I always think of Austin Powers and, and Fat Bastard. Carbs are the enemy. <laughs> if you know, you know. And I had this fear of eating carbs, but I didn't realize that carbophobia was a thing. And so I would always default to keto, even when I started to notice symptoms and signs. And I knew I had a carb cycle way sooner than I started. I still could not do it. I could not bring myself to do it. I was like, oh, I'll just try this or I'll try fasting or no, you know, I'll try these supplements. Literally, the last thing I did was bring back carbs. I went through all of the things before I did it because of my fear, because of my past, because of so much weight that I lost. And anytime I'd go off of keto, I gained weight. So that association I made in my brain, I remember, Amber, I'm not kidding you. Like it's ridiculous. I was afraid to eat a freaking apple and fear that it would kick me out of ketosis. Wow. Because I was so obsessed with being in ketosis. Mm-hmm. As if that's the magical land of, of unicorns and butterflies. And you have to live there 100% of the time. Yeah, An apple. An apple with fiber and nutrients. Is yeah. it, but then I'd go binge on donuts on the weekend. Right? And pizza. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I cheated. Okay, let me get back. But an apple. Mm-hmm. And so... That's what I found. And that's what I'm finding with my clients that are coming to me. They're like, I know I need to bring back carbs, but I'm afraid. And I'm like, okay, you know, 
this is like we they know they have to do it, but they're deathly afraid of eating carbs again. Although they just told me that they spent the last six months binging on them on the weekends. Sure. Yeah. And it just doesn't line up. Yeah. So if somebody is listening to this and saying yes, and maybe even they haven't done keto, but I think even I think if you grew up in, you know, the nineties and two thousands, I think there was a big carb phobia and fat phobia that that developed during those time periods. So for someone who is, who does resonate with that and says, yeah, I am deathly terrified of carbs as well. And they're going to make me fat and all these things. How would you start to encourage that person to work through that fear? If they have a desire of saying, I would like to eat carbs, but I'm deathly afraid. What are some of the steps that they can take to work through that fear? Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it okay, up. I wish it was that easy. Sometimes like, girl, get over it. No. Um, so I, it's, you mentioned a very interesting point. I think back then it was like, we had this fat phobia, right? Nineties and stuff. And then like 2000, late two thousands, now it's turned into a carb phobia. So yeah. who knows what's going to be next? Like, sure. I just like never protein cause protein's queen, yes. but <laughs> there's always going to be something right. Yeah. So here's the thing. It's really about your limiting beliefs. And I know that you talk a lot about this, but if you like truly, you have this limiting belief that all carbs make you fat. So I have my clients do a lot of exercises in my program where I have them kind of look back into, let's say just in the span of their lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. Like one of the questions that I ask them is in the span of your entire life, have you ever had a point where you ate carbs and you did not get fat? Did you ever point that you ate carbs consistently and you did not struggle with your weight, you're with your body, you know, was it always the carbs or was it the kind of carbs you ate? And most of like 99% of the time they're like, yeah, like I used to eat carbs all the time. And when I was younger, it was this or that. And like, I had no problem with them. So that's kind of like the first step, recognizing that it's truly the fact that you have programmed your brain to think that keto, low mm -hmm. carb is the only way. Sure. to lose weight and keep it off. Hence then carbs and eating them will make you fat. And they're the reason they're the culprit. And then what I do is I have them experiment. So here's the thing. When you have a fear of carbs, right? And then mm -hmm. you're thinking like, I know I need to bring them back, but you bring them back in like large amounts and like sure, yeah. all these you dump a bunch of carbs into right? your body. Yeah. Then look, and you're going to prove yourself. Right. Sure. So I actually, with clients like that, what I do is I, I titrate. I have a protocol. It's called weaning off of keto, mm -hmm. where we, we slowly titrate our carbs up very slowly while bringing the fat down. And we do that for a certain period of time. We start with four weeks. And as their body adjusts and they see that, oh my gosh, I'm not weighing, gaining like 10 pounds from eating yeah. carbs. They start to build this confidence in themselves. And then they start to prove themselves that like their brain is like, oh, okay, I actually, well, I used to think that, but now I'm doing this. I'm bringing back the carbs slowly. I'm not gaining weight. I actually feel really great. And, and it's actually pretty stable. Mm -hmm. Wait, maybe, maybe this isn't true. Oh my God. Can you believe that my thoughts aren't true? <laughs> so it's kind of this, like, it's, it's this dual part, right? It's this yeah. dynamic thing where first it's like very mental sure. and psychological, and like your limiting beliefs and your brain patterns. And then you kind of just have to do it and you have to prove to your body and yourself that like, let's try the other part of it. Let, let's just sure. see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, then you can kind of, like you said, prove to yourself that maybe just maybe I've been thinking this wrong the whole time and it's not actually the carbs that are making me fat. Uh, and mm -hmm. then you can have that breakthrough. And um, I love 
hearing that on the other side of that, you can get to the point where carbs are maybe a little less scary because I do know that a lot of people really struggle with that. So one of the things that you help, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit here on that transition, is using the tool of carb cycling to help somebody kind of transition away from keto. So can you kind of talk about what what that process looks like and you know how you would take someone who has been firmly in the keto camp and start to introduce those carbs and help them to get more comfortable and, and go through a more carb cycling process? Yeah, so I find carb cycling this great kind of transition period. And um, this space between, you know, being low carb for a long time to just eating like carbs, like a lot on the regular, right? Because we never want to throw somebody that's that's been doing keto low carb for a long time, just straight to carbs every day. What I find a lot of the times is my clients are, and I was this, it's glucose intolerant. It's when, because you eliminate glucose for so long, your body actually forgets how to process it. Like your insulin receptor is like, oh, well, we're not working. So let's just go on vacation. And then anytime you do bring back carbs, you, you know, you gain water weight, you feel tired. You, that's where a lot of my clients are like, oh, I tried bringing back carbs. I tried carb cycling. I, I gained so much weight. I felt tired, bloating. Car- carbs are not for me. And I'm like, well, what did you do? Like, oh, you know, I'm usually 20 grams of net carbs a day and I went up to 150. <laughs> You're well, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> to happen, girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's that piece of, of realizing that it has to be a slow transition. So really what I do is I kind of, when somebody has been doing low carb or keto for a long time, we want to do that titration process that I talked about, but really it's, it's low and steady. And depending on how glucose intolerant you are, how long you've been doing a low carb keto approach, and then you slowly introduce carbs, but you also want to be mindful of the type of carbs you introduce as well. So when I say carb cycling, some people are like, oh, well, I could just like eat donuts and pizza and cycle with those. Right. It's like, no, let's not do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. If you're coming from keto, this is like as, as simple as like, okay, you're used to doing low carb. How about we start bringing back a little different like types of fruit? Right. So maybe yeah. somewhere like the peaches or the grapes, like little more fruit that have more sugar. And then let's do some maybe starchier vegetables, like throw mm-hmm. in some vegetables, maybe like carrots, things that you haven't eaten on keto and start with that. Kind of get your body used to like, oh, we're having a little more glucose. Let me process it. Let me use it, utilize it. Right. Mm-hmm. Not freak out here. So it's really about the slow transition to bringing back carbs. So it's like that balance because anytime I found that like somebody went straight from keto to back to all carbs, like the results, they just, it was it didn't bad. work. Yeah. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, the, our bodies just, they can't, you can't do that to your body. Yeah. So yeah. it's really about that slow transition. And then also depends on the person, because if there's somebody that has like adrenal and cortisol issues, like me, you kind of have to carb cycle every day. Mm. So you have to just, because your body needs that to like, your body needs the carbs to bring the cortisol down, increase serotonin to help your adrenal heal. So you kind of have to go, okay, well, what number am I comfortable starting at? And I can work up to that, but really slowly is really the key because you can't go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. It's just like reverse dieting, right? It's like we don't go from a deficit and then just jump you all the way up to maintenance, especially if this is the first time you're doing it. Like you titrate slowly over time to allow your body that adaptation process to be able to figure out what to do with all these extra carbs or extra calories. And and then you're able to get to to where you want to go, but it it is a slow process and not a big, huge jump. 
Exactly. Same concept, just with carbs. That's right. Yeah. So what are some mis- some common misconceptions that you hear from people about carb cycling? Because I feel like carb cycling has somewhat of a, like, a visceral reaction for some people. It's like <laughs> they either love it or they like hate it. Yeah. And I think some of that is due to some like myth- misconceptions about car- carb cycling. So what are some yeah. common ones that you hear and, and how do you de- debunk those? So like the, really the biggest one is that it's just for athletes and bodybuilders. Mm. So usually like when I started researching carb cycling, I didn't see a lot of research about it. Is it, as it relates to like adrenal or, you know, period cycle sinking, which now is more common, but before it wasn't and kind of using it for different things like menopause. And there's really so many ways to use it. It's actually kind of cool. But all the research that I saw was just on bodybuilders. So like I'd go on YouTube, like how do I carb cycle? And I'd see these freaking big, huge buff guys telling me, okay, this day you're going to do 50 grams of carbs and this day you're going to do 300. I'm like, whoa, whoa, yeah. Nelly. Well, Nelly, like, no, I can't. So that's kind of a lot of the times, a lot of women that I work with are like, well, isn't carb cycling like for the bodybuilders and the endurance athletes? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. It could be. And they use it and that's great, but that's not all it's for. And then they also think it's very like, oh, when, when I carb cycle, then I just kind of like, it's just my day off, right? It's, I'm either like keto and eat really clean or when I carb cycle, I'm going to carb cycle and just go out and, and have all the foods that I want. I always talk about pizza and donuts for some reason. Those are my defaults. I don't even like donuts, but I'm just going to have all the carbs, like any, like no, pay no attention to nutrition, fiber, you know, nutrients, vitamins. It's just a carb day. So and those two is like, no, you all carbs are really good. Right. And there's a lot of yummy carbs that are also healthy that you can incorporate in carb cycle and still get the best results. And then of course the, the kind of the other thing really is that they put all carbs in one category. Right. And that kind of goes with my second point about the carbs that they choose, but they, they like combine complex carbs with simple carbs and, and they don't understand the differences and how those two can and do different things in our bodies. So it's just kind of understanding that what carb cycling actually is, it's more of a personalized approach to what you're using it for based on your goals and the choices that you make. And it's not that you can't ever have the pizza and donuts because I teach a protocol. It's called treat yourself day where, you know, you schedule a day where you treat yourself and you eat whatever you want. You don't just do it off of the whim or self-sabotage or just because you feel like it and you fall into temptation. You go, okay, this is my plan. These are my goals, but I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy these foods. So I'm going to plan to enjoy it, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But the overall picture is that how do you still do it in a way that you don't feel restricted and deprived from carbs, but you're still going after what your goals are. So I would say those are probably the top top misconceptions that I, that I hear a lot. Yeah. I think that's really good. Uh, you know, I see carb cycling as, as a tool and it's like a tool that you can use. It's a tool that some people are going to like, some people are not going to like, it's like any other tool. I think macro counting is the same way. Some people are going to like macro counting, some aren't. It's a tool. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there's nothing magical about carb cycling. There's nothing magical about macro counting. There's nothing magical about keto, Mm -hmm. but it's going to fit different lifestyles and different personalities better and different bodies, right? Like you said, different body types, people with PCOS, you know, better than, than others. And I think when we can really get out of this idea that like, there's only one way to get success and only one way to get results in my way is the best way, then we can open ourselves up to, to figuring out what's going to actually be really great for us. 
Um, so what has been really great for you about that transition away from keto and into including more carbs? What, you know, you talked a little bit about the symptoms that you were having prior to that transition. Can you talk a little bit about how you're feeling or some of the you know symptoms or experiences you're having in your body with adding more carbs? Yeah. So I love carbs. Carbs are delicious. I can't, I can't believe I eliminate them for six years. And that's the thing. It's like, I didn't really eliminate them. I was, you can still have carbs on keto, vegetables, fruit and stuff, but man, I miss lentils. Right. And I, and I missed like sweet potatoes and, and all these other foods that there's nothing, like apples, freaking apples. And so, you know, at first I was like really scared of bringing back carbs, but I knew I had to do this for my adrenals. Cause I had gone through, you know, the list of options of everything, the supplements and the trying to stretch all the things. I'm like, okay, carb cycling is like this. It's like on the paper. So it's carb cycling option 10 or 15 million. I'm like, I have to check it off. And, um, um, I went slowly. So at first it was, you know, it was a little scary because of course there was a little fluctuation, but I just decided I'm like, I'm not going to look at the scale. I know what's going to happen. This is basic. This is how the body right, You're works. like, I know how the story ends. So I'm just yeah, going to not I know read the end of the, the story. Like, biology. But I was like, look, at this point I had gained 50 pounds on keto. So I was like, you know, it can't be that, can't be that much I, worse. Right. I'm like, I can't be like, oh, all of a sudden, cause I'm bringing back carbs that that I'm going to gain more. So I, I decided, I was like, right now on my journey, my goal is healing and healing my adrenals and, and getting back to that safe space where my body can let go of the weight it's been holding on to in fear of survival and, and just getting it back to homeostasis. And that's my goal. So I just stopped looking at the scale and I went by how I felt and I started to feel like calmer. That was kind of the biggest thing I noticed. I felt more calm and less restricted as far as like desiring things that I used to desire all the time when I was strict keto. Like for instance, when I was strict keto, like I'd have, I'd always be craving sugar and, and like the things I can't have. Right. And, and when I went, started carb cycling strategically with healthier carbs, and then also taking some days where I just eat what carbs I want, it's like those cravings went away. It's crazy how yeah. the brain's like, oh, wait, you can have that. You don't, we don't need it. It's like, you know, you always want what you can't have. Like fixing and I on, thought, yeah. It's crazy. And I was like, oh my God, this is all it took. I just needed to bring in some carbs sometimes. So I actually, now I'm actually doing it full time. So I would love to get back to, you know, some days are keto when I'm not as active and some days are carb cycling. But now because my goal is the adrenals and the cortisol, which I'm still healing through, I carb cycle every day. So I'm very strategic about how many carbs and the sources and stuff. But really what I found was that over time, your body is wonderful and it adjusts. So, you know, there are some days in the beginning that I was a little tired because of course, when you're in the land of ketosis, you're running off of ketones as fuel. So you have like this brain energy and kind of this energy to go, go, go. And it's great, but not for somebody that has chronic stress and adrenal issues. And so in the beginning, there were some days that I felt a little more sluggish, but as my body started adapting, as I started incorporating, you know, more of the healthier carbs and playing around with the macros, and I really focused on upping my protein because that was another thing. I was completely under eating protein. And that's the thing yeah. about keto that I don't like that people teach is this moderate protein, which equals like 60 to 80 grams. Like what in the world? No woman should be eating that little protein and playing around with the fat and lowering that. I was like, I started to get to the place where I actually felt good and satisfied. And I was like, oh my gosh, 
where has this been all my life? And now I'm like, I don't think I could ever go back to full-time keto unless like for whatever, you know, health reason or something like that. It's like, it just feels so much more balanced and more sustainable. Really, that's it. It's just sustainable. And at the end of the day, isn't that like the most important thing is the can most you do this for the rest of your life? Can you do this long term? Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Well, this has been fascinating. And I think people are really going to really going to learn a lot from this, especially those listeners who are out there who really identify with that carb phobia. It is a very real thing. And learning to incorporate carbs can be really scary, but just like you've kind of shown, can be also really awesome for you physically and mentally and for your sustainability long-term. So that's fantastic. Uh, I am curious. I always like to ask um, uh, interviewees this because I think it's really fun to hear and get an insight into some other people's goals. And I think it helps when we can hear other people's goals. It helps us to have some ideas of what we would like to do. So I'm curious, what are some of your current health and fitness goals? Yeah. So, you know, after experiencing all that weight gain and all those health issues and being obsessed with trying to just lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. Now I'm like, you know what? F that. Like, I just want to heal and I want to get strong. So now my goal is to get back to the place where my cortisol isn't through the roof and my adrenals aren't burned out. And also I'm building strength. I actually found out by doing a Dutch test that I have a lot more testosterone than the average woman, which actually is a good thing for lifting. I was saying you build some muscle with that testosterone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. That means I could lift heavier and I could build more muscle than the average female. And I was like, I need to take advantage of that rather than chasing the scale, yeah. chasing a certain number on that. So really, that's my goal now. Getting back, I know the weight will come off. Like it has to. I know it will. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm like focusing on doing that and, and nourishing my body and doing all those other things. But also, how do I now take it like build muscle, right? Because that also improves your metabolism, makes sure. it faster. And just, and so that's kind of where I've shifted, where back then I was just all obsessed about being a certain size and a certain number on the scale. Now I just want to be healthy and I want to be strong. Mm -hmm. I love that. Such a good, such a good way to wrap up this episode. Okay. If people are interested and want to connect with you, how can they find you? Yeah. So I have a page with all my resources and my podcast and all the things that they can go check out. It's www.bsbtribe.com forward slash podcast. So you can follow my podcast. I have some resources for clean keto, carb cycling, whatever you want. And then I'm also on Instagram at Lesha Holzapple. Don't even try to spell it out. I'm sure Amber will put it in it'll, the show notes. It'll all be in the show notes and it'll also be in the title of the podcast. <laughs> So you can check, you can hit me up there as well. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with my audience. It was such a fun conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hope you were able to pull something out of that interview. Uh, Lesha is amazing. And I am really grateful that she came on and shared her story. I just think sometimes these concepts of carb cycling and keto they're concepts, but they come alive when someone tells their story and you really get to hear the background and the experience of somebody. And so I'm really grateful for her to come on and add that personal aspect. And if you are somebody who is struggling with carb phobia, hopefully you're able to take a little bit away from this and start to break some of those fears and really address them and, and move forward and past them. But you aren't alone. And I hope that you felt that as you listen to Lesha's story as well. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. 
Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And, you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.